Good morning. How are you guys? You can go ahead and have a seat. Welcome to Bethel. Okay, you guys, I had a bad dream this week. I had a dream that I got up here and I didn't know what to say. I just was completely, no words were coming out. And I was just standing here going, uh, uh. So if that happens, can somebody just help me out? Kelsey, just somebody please come up here and say welcome to Bethel if I ever, if my dreams come true. Because I woke up going, oh my word, that's terrifying, right? So glad to see all you guys here today. It's so fun to see our 9.30 coming in with our 11 o'clock, one big service. And maybe you'll meet some new people today. Maybe you'll meet some people that usually come to the opposite service. Um, We're going to have a lot of fun today after the services. We have our big event. And so maybe uh, see somebody that you don't recognize and introduce yourself. If you're visiting with us today, we're so glad you're here. You came on a special day um, and you get tacos. So that's a plus, right? And so if you are visiting with us, we would love to connect with you. And the best way to do that, whether it's online or in person, is to go to our website, which is mybethel.cc slash connect. And right there is a form to fill out. And if you're in the house, there's a QR code on the seat back in front of you and some information there. But we would love to just be able to reach out to you this week and see how we can better serve you. So like I said, we have a lot going on this week after the sermon. We have our big event, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But we are going to be ending our service, um, our series called Wage War. And we've been talking about um, the war within. Um, It's sometimes easier to talk about the wars that go on around us, but the wars within. And today we're going to be focusing on acknowledging those and... um, isolation is a big thing when you're going through those wars, right? You're just like, you know what? I'm having a hard time and I just want to curl up in a ball and eat chocolate frosting. Or maybe that's just me. I don't know. Or just, I don't want to get out of bed. And isolation is a real problem. And so awareness and isolation while we're waging the war is what we're going to talk about today. So let's get started. Good morning, Bethel. How are you guys doing? It's good to have you this morning. Good to, good to see you and the, see the house full this morning. Um, one of the purposes for us coming together is so that we could actually enjoy some time together outside, and so I'm really excited about that. Um, I want to pray before we jump in. This last sermon of the series uh, is an important one. As Christy said, we tend to isolate as we come into some, some difficulties in our lives, and so I want to pray for this, uh, for this service, but I also want to pray specifically for our, our, friend, our friend and family, um, Andrew Stombaugh and his family. Um, her, his mom passed away this week. Uh, due to complications from COVID, and uh, I know this is a journey. What I was telling him before the service is that um, when you watch 
the progression online, his family's so filled with hope. There's something about someone that knows where they're going and someone that is confident in their hope in Jesus Christ. And so Andrew's mom uh, is living her best life right now in the presence of God, and I want to pray for the family and also want to pray for the, the, the witness that they've been, uh, that they continue that. So Andrew, we love you. We're walking with you. Uh, let's pray this morning. God, we are once again in awe of who you are. Uh, we're grateful for Jesus. Because of him, God, we have hope for tomorrow. Because of him, we have hope in our current struggles. Because of him, we can be aware of our struggle and actually have a, an answer for the reason we have hope. Uh, God, this church is not perfect. Uh, this church is full of imperfect people, but it's a people that understands who you are and a people that puts our confidence and hope in you. God, as we open your word this morning in First Peter and wrap up our series, I pray that your spirit would speak. God, that it would be clear that we'd also encourage one another, that we would motivate one another, that we'd walk with one another. Uh, I pray for Andrew and his family, uh, God, as they're walking through this season, that you'd give them hope and encouragement, and what a blessing they've been to, to us on the outside have been watching um, how they've responded with confidence and hope in Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus, we love you. Uh, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to 1 Peter. Um, I've promised the children's worker that today would be a short message, okay? So you've got to work with me. This may be a lightning message. Typically, I say it and then I don't do it, but there's a timer on the back, and so I'm going to try to stick within my time, okay? Um, if you see us getting really close to time, just start going like this, everybody, if you would. That'll help me um, wrap up. But this morning, we're going to try to do our best to wrap up our series. It's called Awareness and Isolation. We're actually going to be in two different parts of First Peter. We're going to be in chapter 3 and also chapter 5. If you um, have your YouVersion Bible app, you can go there and follow along in the live event. We'll have the scriptures on screen, but you can also follow along in your Bibles uh, with us. We have a theme verse for this series. It'll be here on the screen. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11, and this one just says simply this, Keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. We're all in a battle, we're all in a struggle, and it's not anything on the outside. It's something that's happening internally. When you confront Jesus or when you meet Jesus or when Jesus finds you, whatever your story is, you immediately begin to battle something inside. And a lot of us think that Christianity is all about conformity and like conforming to some rules. That's really not what Christianity is about. Christianity is about God and his spirit redeeming us and conforming us to the image of his son. And it's a battle that our flesh, our bodies don't want to don't want to engage in. And so we end up just going through the motions and really this whole point is that this life for, that we're living right now is in preparation for the next life. And a lot of times I ask myself how are we doing as a church? Like, how are we doing? Well, I wonder if Jesus is actually pleased with our process and what we're doing. And Peter has been laying a case in this book, in this letter that he wrote to the churches in Asia Minor. They were spread around Asia Minor. And he is writing a letter for us to reflect what is really happening inside in our hearts as we encounter Jesus and follow him in our daily lives. And so there's this problem that we all run across, which is, why is it when I try to do good... I run into problems. Why is it when I try to live a certain way, there's always a, an off-ramp or a temptation or a struggle that will take me off course? Why? Why isn't it that God just gives me this supernatural like blinders on so I don't see anything around me, the distraction around me, and just go through life just singing holy, 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 and kumbaya, and everything's fine? That's, if you know the Christian life, if you've experienced it at all, you know that's just not real. You know that every day we wake up and there's a new decision to be made. There's no new ways to follow Jesus. And I think it's because 
if there's no problems, it's not that we're doing something wrong, but it's actually we're part of this cosmic war. We're a part of this cosmic battle that is happening in the universe, and Jesus is inviting us in to the, bo- the battle. Peter says it like this in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 13. He says this. He says, Now, who will want to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you for it. So don't worry or be afraid of their threats. And he's talking specifically about you do good and people treat you poorly for doing good or you make some decisions, some moral decisions in your life. Maybe you want to live a certain way or you want to act a certain way or be kind when people are unkind. And it says God will reward you for it. Verse 15, it says, Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. This is the awareness of our faith. And what, what happens many times is we don't stop and ask ourselves, why do I do what I do? We let every day dictate and guide what we do instead of stepping back and asking ourselves, why do I do what I do? Why is my faith real? Why do I follow Jesus? Why do I believe? And here at Bethel, we say all the time, and it's a phrase that today, if you haven't heard it, you'll hear it today, but this is something that we'd say often. We say this one thing. We say, it's not about me. It's all about Jesus. Okay, so some of you are awake and have had your coffee, and, and you're ready, but this is something we say all the time. We're going to do it again, okay? So it's not about me. It's all about If you're up in Sunday school, it's always right to say Jesus, right? I mean, that's kind of what it goes. In this case, it's not about me. It's all about Jesus. But then we follow it up because this life, yeah, I mean, what? I missed it. You said the next thing. Thank you. I I was leading you there. Liz, did you jump ahead of me? Okay, all right. The second thing we say, because it's not just about Jesus, it's also about, thank you. Look at you guys. Okay, you're ready. So it's about Jesus and others. There's this internal work and this vertical work, but then there's this horizontal work that a lot of times the vertical stuff you can't see. You don't know what someone's doing or what God's doing in someone's heart. You don't know how someone's personal devotion or prayer life or spiritual life is, but you do see it reflected in the way it's handling other people. And so it's not about me. When I think about this life, it's not about me. It's all about Jesus. It's not about me. It's all about others. It's a vertical and a horizontal relationship. And Peter gives a simple yet profound statement. He says, instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. Amidst all the distractions and the calls of all our life, Peter is actually reminding us and calling us to worship Jesus and submit to him. When someone or something is Lord, it it tells and it directs and it guides and it tells us what to do. And it says right here, he says, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. The whole purpose at Bethel, if you're here for a week or if you've been here for years, there's something that this church is all about and only about. And it's to love and to lead one another to find and follow Jesus. That's what we're all about. There is nothing else. There's no extra course you have to take. There's no hidden closet or hidden agenda. It's all about loving and leading one another to find and follow Jesus. So we believe that you cannot love someone, or sorry, you can't lead someone unless you love that person. You can't love the person without leading that person. You can't love or lead someone if you don't know that person. There's something 
deep about knowing someone and knowing their story in a non-judgmental way and say, you know what, I love you no matter what. I accept you no matter what. And you cannot love and lead someone unless you, don't, unless you know that person. That's one of the reasons for this event today. The, the one another, we can't live our faith in isolation. It's a, it's a community thing. It's something we do together. You need me and I need you. We need each other. It's a mutual relationship. This find and follow part of our statement is that we need to know the source of our faith and we're on a continual search to know Jesus better. There's no one that lives today that has completely exhausted the relationship with Jesus or knows him as fully as he can be known. It's every single day. Also, we need to continue discovering him and leading people and following him because Jesus is worth living for. And Peter says, hey, be ready to explain the hope that you have. And, and a lot of times, the very thing that reveals your hope is the struggles that you go through. It's not if everything is perfect that you'll, re- you'll reveal that you follow Jesus. So how do we deal with trials? How do we deal with sin? How do we deal with questions of our faith? We have to ask ourselves, where am I? We need to pause and say, what is my faith rooted in? Is it because I go to church every weekend? Is it because I have some Christian friends or I say a prayer at, at lunch, uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Or is my faith something deeper? How are you grounding your faith? How deeply is it rooted? Can you answer questions about it? Or are you simply just going through the motions? In order to answer these questions, Peter takes us back over and over again in this letter to a theme of submission. And this is a word that no one's like, no one likes, because that means someone else has an authority over my life. I don't want to submit. I'm naturally rebellious. I want to buck the system. I want to do my own thing. And this country specifically is full of entrepreneurs because we, t- we say, I don't want to listen to anybody. I'm going to do my own thing. But Peter is reminding us over and over again, hey, it takes submission because if you can learn to submit to one another, you can learn to submit to God. Verse, 1 Peter chapter 5. This is the last chapter in 1 Peter. Let's look at verse 6. It says, so humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares for you. So this book, Peter is telling us to wage war against the internal struggle of sin, and over and over again, it's about submitting to God, to his power. By submitting to the authorities around us, like the human authority and our masters or our spouses or one another, even submitting to, a th- to suffering when it comes our way, all our anxiety and all our stress can be given to God because he has this. Everything's going to be okay. And a lot of us simply say it, but don't believe it. Because many times it doesn't feel like it. Many times it doesn't feel like God has it. I've got to pick it back up and carry it myself. But Peter tells us while we give all our cares and worries to God, it doesn't mean we just go into an apathy or a distraction mindset or maybe a cruise control. Look what it says in verse 8. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. The lion, it says, is looking for who he can devour. The only way a lion, if you study the National Geographic or if you've watched lions or if you've had the, uh, the blessing of going on a safari in Africa where lions are running around the, the, the prairie, if you've had the benefit of seeing it, lions hunt, but they always look for the weak link. They look for the one that's ill, the one that's on its own, the one that's not paying attention to the herd. And many times in our faith, 
we go through some struggles, we go through some difficulties, and we begin to pull away, and we begin to back up, and we begin to be distracted, and then we kind of end up isolating ourselves. And Peter is telling us, hey, watch out. Don't isolate, because that lion, he will take you. The enemy wants you to go alone. He's looking for loners among us, and isolation leads to vulnerability and aloneness and temptation, and it makes us take steps away from community instead of digging into community. And there's a season that we're in right now that all of us are experiencing in our world that is causing us to more and more isolate. Online streaming and church becomes more and more acceptable online, and it's popular, but we lose the togetherness of church. And those that are watching online, this is not an indictment. This is just a call to remember why we exist as a community, to love and lead one another. It it takes a togetherness for this to happen. It takes us looking at each other and seeing each other's faults and still loving one another in the process. The more and more we're isolated, the easier the lion can devour us. Peter says, stand firm against him. This is way better accomplished in community. When you stay in isolation, you're not in community. You don't dig deep. You don't go long. You don't stand strong. It's easier when there's people around us that have our back. He brings up another, uh, the others around the world because we tend to think that we're in this alone. The war is being waged all over the world because he says, don't forget that their family of believers all over the world are going through the same kind of suffering that you are. Verse 10, in his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after, after you've suffered a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you, and he will place you on a firm foundation. All power to him forever. Amen. The one thing we know about life is that it's very, very temporary. It's very quick. And in the scheme of things, things move faster and faster and faster. When I was a kid, I'd look at the clock, and it seemed to never even click forward. But now I'm telling the clock to slow down because things move quickly. Everything will pass, and it will only be a little while. And after this fight is over, the promise of God is right here, and the promise is that he will restore. All that has been lost, he will restore. All that has been unsupported will be supported. We will be strengthened. And then it says right here, he will stabilize us. There's something that he will do eternally in our souls. The the temptation is to walk away. But suffering's only for a short time. And what I want to call us to this morning as a church family is to dig in and actually go deep with one another. When we confront one another, when we talk with one another, when we encourage one another, there's something about the one another's that allows us to love and then to lead one another. There's moments when I wake up when I need encouragement. I've told you this before. I put my foot on the ground. And I'm like, oh, this day is going to be bad. Right out the gate. And some of you, it's the same way. And we need one another to encourage us to take a step forward. All power, right there at the end, it says all power to him forever. You know how we can wage war against the sin that's in our hearts? is the power that is God's. When Jesus came to this earth, he lived a sinless, perfect life. Something that is so hard to imagine because we deal with sin every day, but we have a Savior, Jesus, who came and lived a perfect life, and he was killed because he lived a human life. And when he was on the cross, he said, it is finished. He died and was buried, 
and three days later, in his own power, it says all power through him. In his own power, he rose from the dead. And when he rose from the dead, he gave you and me hope. He gave us hope to be able to win the battle within. I'd like to pray for you this morning. We're going to go into a time of worship. We're going to go into a time of reflection. I want you to think about this one thing, that we exist to love and to lead one another, to find and follow Jesus. It's not about me. It's all about Jesus. It's not about me. It's all about others. And that's what our church is all about. I'd like to pray for you this morning. God, this morning as we have looked at 1 Peter, as we've wrapped up our series on waging war, we know that all power and we know that all glory is yours. There's many things that can cause us fear. We can be afraid of tomorrow. We can be afraid of our uh, surroundings. We can be afraid for our health. We can be afraid for our finances. We can be afraid, God, of one another, but you've called us to actually draw together in a community and to love and to lead one another not just to have a religious or a spiritual activity, but actually to find you and to follow you. God, I pray that this morning as we worship, as we, as we proclaim who you are, that you would do more in our hearts as our souls mingle together and worship to you than anything we thought possible. Spirit, may you work in our hearts and our souls and draw us close to you. And God, may we know you and may we follow you. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jesus invites us into this cosmic dance. And if you think that it's just a religious activity to come and sit and gather and go home, drink some coffee and eat some tacos, there's something you're missing. There's something far greater that God is doing, and he invites us into a life to submit to the Father and to live a life that honors him. He invites us to peace when things just seem completely out of control, and he invites us to rest in him. And so when Peter says, be ready to answer for the hope that's in you, be ready to answer and to give an account for the faith that's in you. In order to do that, you have to step back and say, okay, so what's my faith rooted in? What's my, what's my faith grounded in? And if you've asked the question yourself this morning, say, my faith is not in Jesus alone, then this morning is the moment for you to make a decision to find him and to follow him. And today there's plenty of people that are gathered today that be able to point you in that direction. Let's all stand together and let's sing together, Tremble. There's something powerful that happens when we call in the name of Jesus. The, the scripture says that when Jesus calls and we answer, it's like raising from the dead. There's something that scripture tells us that if we, we understand truly death is reigning in our lives. And if we want to call out to Jesus and he calls our name, actually we'll run from death into life. So we were dead, but now we're alive. We were defeated by sin and death and hell and the grave, but now Jesus has called us to victorious living. And there's many people that just say, well, I'm just human. This is the way it goes. I'm just going to live defeated. That's not what Jesus has promised. Jesus has promised a life that is abundant in pursuing him. He gives us the opportunity to actually join him in the mission to love and lead one another to find and follow Jesus. But one of my favorite songs and one of kind of our Bethel anthems is Glorious Day, where Jesus actually calls us by name. He knows who we are, and he calls us right out of the grave. And your story today, if you are here and you don't know Jesus, we want to invite you into a relationship with him. As we're singing this song, think about what Jesus did for you on the cross, and he invites you into this cosmic dance of victory through Jesus. Let's sing Glorious Day. So I was thinking during your sermon, I had a conversation about five years ago with a lady in our church. Joe, if I did this, what will happen? <laughs> Don't touch <laughs> stuff. 
That's not yours to touch. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, no, she came up to me after we started that whole it's not about me business. And she's like, you know, um, when we started that, I didn't really like it because I really thought it was about me. She goes, I thought about me finding Bethel and me finding a place I belong was about me. And so when you started saying it's not about me, I was confused and I really right. didn't like it. And, um, and that's an honest opinion because that we want everything to be about us, right? That's what we want. We want to be first in line and we want to get the coffee. We don't want it to run out before we get there. Um, we don't want to let somebody yield. Ooh, I want to get there. And so what does it look like to say it's not about me? You know, it, it, you can think, oh, I don't like what they're doing with the services. I don't like what that person's wearing. I don't like what that person posted on Facebook. I don't like, and it can go on and on, but it doesn't matter because it's not about me. Hmm. And you can say, I don't like the pastor's beard. And, <laughs> you know, we could just take a vote right now and take care of that. I don't know. Like, it's, it's a good thing we don't vote on those things. It's not about me, right? So it doesn't matter. But, but think about that. It's really easy to say, oh, it's not about me. It's about Jesus. It's about others. But put that into practice this week and think, you know what? It's really not about me. If I want to love others and bring them to Jesus, go ahead. I, I can put up with your junk because I love you and I love Jesus. And so I can do it mm -hmm. because of that. And right. so that's kind of what that looks like. Well, one like. of the most exciting lives is actually trying to outdo the service to one another. And so one of the things when you get to know someone and you try to outdo service towards them and putting them first, it becomes this mutual, like pushing each other up and elevating each other. And it's fun. It's way more it, fun. It reminds me of the chick mics. No, you go. No, you go. No, you go. Yeah. Is that what you, you mean? You hang up first. You hang up first. Uh, no, you hang up that's first. That's when we were dating, oh, okay. right? Uh, it's yeah. like, oh, no, okay. you hang up. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We didn't even have cell phones back then. I know. Uh, that was the party line. That call was expensive. <laughs> so... We exist to love and lead one another to find and follow Jesus. So let's go have fun. God bless this mess. Let's go.